Zilo and I going to the, the, the world's biggest public health conference just a month ago and her presenting to health leaders of literally the country and the world, um, you know, and she's at the front of the room as the professor. So I, I would say, I just, I believe strongly that um, if adults are willing to listen, young people are just as much our teachers as we are teachers to them. Welcome to Bridging the Potential intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Zila Jade Royale, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council, with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, and one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Today we're speaking with Dr. Anthony Flagg, who is a family medicine physician with the University of New Mexico and one of the founders of the Native Health Initiative. He lives in New Mexico with his wife Shannon and their four children and has just published his first book called Writing to Heal, A Healing Journey Through the First Year of the Pandemic. I think you will enjoy our conversation about learning and healing as pathways for awakening humanity through service with love. My favorite part of this podcast was when Dr. Flake and I discussed how art and self-expressive writing can actually remove barriers of separation caused by fear and misunderstandings, and how youth can be a part of that solution. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello, this is Renee Beth Poindexter, and I am the founder of Living the Potential Network, and I'm your host for today. When I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out ways to support and create spaces where people could hear what the youth have to say. And that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations. where actually listening to a youth's dreams and concerns. We connect them with a mentor, an elder, who has experience and wisdom to share and who is open to learning and receiving from the innovative spirit of the youth. It's reciprocal learning at its best. I always leave these conversations inspired, and I think you will too. Today, I have two special guests. Our first guest is the mentor, is Dr. Anthony Flegg, and he is a family doctor coming to us from the University of New Mexico Family Health Clinic and Outpatient Pharmacy Clinic. He's actually a proud father of three, and he's invested in healing both the clinical and communal community settings. And much of his work is devoted to empowering youth to become leaders and to actually think about health careers. He has a particular interest in strength-based approaches to healing and working with patients with chronic pain and practicing holistic medicine. It's just a great pleasure to have Dr. Anthony Flagg with us. He also helped create the National Health Initiative and is a powerful place that focuses on youth empowerment. And we'll hear more about that, I'm sure, from him today. And our youth that I'm so excited to introduce you to is Zilo Jade Rael. She is actually a tribal member of the Picuras Pueblo and a high school graduate from Santa Fe Indian School. And by the way, she earned the highest award given to Santa Fe High School graduates. It's called the 19 Pueblos of New Mexico Governor's Award for their overall excellence, excuse me, overall excellence in academic achievement, community service, and civic affairs. 
exemplifying the core values of the Santa Fe Indian School with a commitment to Native American cultural values and traditions. She's currently a student at the University of UCLA in California, and she's majoring in human biology and society. So I'm so excited to bring these two amazing people together. And a little note is they've been working together for a while. So it's not a new mentor uh, relationship. And what I'm getting, it's totally reciprocal. Um, so first person I'd like to start with is Dr. Anthony Plague. I think I'm gonna refer to you as Dr. Anthony. Is that all right? That's good, or just Anthony is fine with me. <laughs> okay, and here you are coming, first-line worker on right now at the hospital. Thank you so much for making time today. So, Dr. Anthony, how did you discover what you wanted to do with your life as to be this amazing holistic uh, physician who is really working on community issues and personal issues with your, with your, what you call them is people, not patients. You're working with people, not patients. Tell us more about that. Well, really good to be here. And um, I, I will, I guess, answer directly to the question um, that I think, I think valuing all of life's teaching and teachings, the second I got the acceptance letter in med school. Um, I knew that I wasn't, I was gonna learn about the human body in, in new ways. And I was gonna learn from lots of doctors and I was gonna learn from hours and hours spent, you know, in hospitals and in clinics. But I also knew I was gonna continue, life didn't stop there, that, you know, that was not my only source of learning, which um, I, do, I, I do find that, many people who go into probably not just health fields, any field that has a very specific expertise, law or engineering, probably do it as well. You, you tend to put blinders on and, and not see that life is still teaching you through your children, your parents, your friends, your community, um, the service work that you do, et cetera. And, you know, so really continuing to grow as a human, if I'm gonna be a healer, was was key, not just growing intellectually as a technical expert of medical, you know, algorithms. Um, shoot, we could we could hire robots to do medical algorithms. There's a reason why we have humans that sit at the bedside as someone is taking their last breaths, or someone is hearing a diagnosis of cancer, or someone is bringing their first child into the world. Um, and so I think that that has been and continues to still be even if they bestow titles upon me in medicine it's it's never you know gonna uh, overcome the fact that each day i wake up with a gratitude that life has woken me from you know the small death of sleep and given me another day to learn from many many different people and and different beings in that day maybe a very, very small part of which is my career in medicine. Right. That's really powerful. Your, your worldview, the way you see yourself in life. I don't think that's anything you learned in medical school. Where did that, those, where did that awareness, that consciousness come to you? How did, how did you come to this awareness about how to perceive life and healing and your role in it? 
it came from a lot of places, um, but the place physically that my mind goes to was a soup kitchen that exists in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, um, right along the whole college strip is this, this soup kitchen that I found very early in my med school career to be a place that really grounded me. So I'd, I'd get up um, while it was still dark, I'd get on my bike, I'd, I'd get over to the soup kitchen, I'd help cook whatever we were making that morning. Um, and then I'd, I'd serve food to these wonderful teachers. Again, they were just as much if, if my heart was open to it as I tried to be, they were just as much teaching me as what I would learn the rest of that day in formal medical education. Um, sometimes just particularly when you're in a really rigorous, tough place, there, I, I, I say that med students have a syndrome called woe is me syndrome. Like, how could the world be so hard? And they don't realize they're so privileged to even have a seat in a medical school and all of the privilege mm-hmm. and unearned privilege as, as people from upper class, white, um, white Americans, et cetera, males, although females now probably outnumber men in, in medical schools across the country. But yeah, just like an Ivy dose of perspective and Hey, wait, Anthony, hold on. You know, that test you're about to take that you're stressing over that, whatever, thing in med school, here's someone who's teaching you that just to have a hot plate of food is really what they woke up for. They didn't wake up stressing about a test and they they would love to have that stress. They're they're just trying to meet basic needs of food, um, shelter, security, safety. So, you know, get snap out of it and, and enjoy your day and don't make more of it than it needs to be. Um, which once you get into a cluster of 150 really, really stressed type A, high achieving students, it, it can seem like the world is going to fall if we don't pass a certain test. So uh, that that's one, one way to, I guess, answer that really good question. Okay. Well, thank you. It's pretty powerful. I guess my next question before you bring up um, Zillow, Jade, is... Um, your passion for youth empowerment and how you're integrating that in your life. Um, and perhaps, you know, that's led to this conversation that we're having today. So your passion for youth empowerment, you're a father of three and you have a medical practice and you're very active in the community and youth is a very big part of it. So can you tell us how you're managing all that and what's inspiring you to take those actions? Um, you know, I recommend sleeping no more than once per week, (laughs) maintain, maintain such ambitions. Um, no, no, actually I recommend sleeping eight hours or so seven days a week, but, um, I'm going to answer with, with a kind of a funny story. So I'm, I'm driving around in my college town of Chapel Hill, North Carolina as a med student, I'm in a car that a 96 Saturn that was probably at that moment worth about a thousand dollars. And I get hit from behind Mm. in a low, low collision, low, low speed collision. The insurance company says, here's $800 to fix the bumper. And I'm thinking, man, what could I do with $800? Um, I sure could do a lot more than getting a new bumper. So $800 grew our youth project grants. I thought, 
$800, I could find at least three or four youth teams to do really amazing big things. And um, honestly, at that point, I, I believed in the power of young people. I probably, as a mid-20s um, person, was, was still in some ways kind of a youth or a young adult, at least. Um, and yeah, just I just had fun with the eye. It, it meant so much more to me to think of what that money could do in the hands of people like Zelo here today. Um, and the, out of that has grown this, this really now 15-year program of our Native Health Initiative that is Youth Leading the Way project grants that are proudly youth-driven and youth-carried out work that have ranged everything from health fairs to um, a recent video of youth perspectives on, on mental health challenges that the COVID pandemic has, has um, caused. And Zelo and I going to the, the, the world's biggest public health conference just a month ago and her presenting to health leaders of literally the country and the world, um, you know, and she's at the front of the room as the professor. So I, I would say I just I believe strongly that um, if adults are willing to listen, young people are just as much our teachers as we are teachers to them. Wow, I've got shivers going up and down as a result of picturing Zelo Jade in the front of the room. You were there. I wish are there videos of that. We need to get some of that and share that. <clears throat> so let's bridge over to Zelo Jade, you know. Um, so Zelo Jade, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you got connected to Dr. Anthony and um, what you've been discovering and how you're choosing, how, how you are choosing your career path. Um, I think they're related in some way. Don't let me put words in your mouth. You tell us your story. How did you get connected? They're much in fact related, um, except meeting Dr. Flagg was actually an accident <laughs> um, and a wonderful accident at that. Um, we actually met through, um, I guess, a collection of art because I myself am, am an artist and Dr. Flake is an artist. Um, and we met as such. I did not know who he was or, you know, any titles or other prior associations to him and um, vice versa. He did not know who I was or, um, I guess, anything about me for that. Um, and since art was the thing that brought us together, um, I actually made a small little art piece today, um, kind of introducing this. Um, it's a little poem. Um, I'm not sure if I could call it a poem, just being that this is more so my thoughts um, and I guess a collective little bubble of like just things that I would like to say as well. So it doesn't have a title at this point, but I hope um, by the end of the session, um, it can be named something. So I'll get started. It's a funny instance, the day I met you, stuck in a recorded box with only my name and bad internet to introduce myself. And when I met you again, I remember the squint you made the second my red bedroom wall and orange hair became familiar. A high school student, I could never be, is what ran through my mind. Yeah, with grace, you invited me into a family I could never be more thankful for and gave rise into opportunities and experiences that will be part of who I am in the future. I'm thankful for stumbling into a Zoom room where I thought I couldn't be of service, and I'm glad you've taught me that those fears were never true to begin with. 
that's it. It's small. Um, <laughs> but for context, um, I met Dr. Flagg um, in a Zoom room during COVID. Um, that was the Writing for Wellness Sessions, um, part of UNM, that I was curious because, I mean, COVID has starved all of us of many things. And at that point, I was starved of creative people and just more outlets to do um, the art that I love doing so much. And um, I met him there, um, not really formally or anything. Um, and I left kind of that day, um, just knowing the faces and maybe a few art pieces and like the little um, deep things that, you know, we share through our art. Um, and I met him again. Um, actually on another Zoom session that was hosted by the Santa Fe Indian School. And it was there that I saw that squint of like, oh, wait a second. I think I, I have my bedroom wall is red. Uh, my hair is a lot of different colors. Um, and I could, I could tell that he recognized me. And I remember seeing in um, my Zoom chat, like, do I know, do I know you from somewhere? <laughs> um, and I remember being kind of excited because, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it was just a strange experience. And I was like, yeah, I do know you. Um, I met you in one of the um, Writing for Wellness sessions. And in those sessions, you know, um, it was paired with other um, college students and like uh, UNM faculty. And I was the only high school student there. And at that point, I don't know, I, it was a strange place to be in. And I was kind of afraid in the beginning, just that I was, you know, the youngest person. And at that point um, in high school, you know, I was unaware of like what I could do then. And I was a little bit of like afraid as well, being that like my cover was blown almost. <laughs> um, but it was a pretty interesting experience. Right. So you felt, I mean, first of all, how you found your way, you call it an accident, but you were on the search for something. You were on the search for something. And it sounded like more connectivity, more socialization, and you found your way into a community that surprised you. And in so many ways, it didn't matter that you're a high school age person because energetically how you showed up in the circle on the Zoom room caught Dr. Flagg's attention. And from there, he gave you some, I think if I recall, you had the opportunity to participate in that group with some autonomy and authority. Could you say a little more about that and what you learned from the experience? Yes, of course. So um, after um, we did our formal introductions, I'm like, hello, my name is Zila Jade. <laughs> um, I am in fact a high school student. Um, Dr. Flay gave me the amazing opportunity to actually lead some of the writing for wellness sessions. And after um, you know participating um, as a participant, um, in the writing sessions, um, I was able to, you know, like take a little things, little things that I learned from other presenters and create my own prompts and lead the sessions um, as I wouldn't say like uh, an exact presenter because it's, you know, a collective environment where we all collaborate. But, um, you know, I was able to kind of step onto this little soapbox and for the first time lead a lot of the people who were older than me. Um, it was terrifying in the beginning, just been that um, it was again in a strange environment of Zoom. And uh, it was the first time I was given such an opportunity, um, especially in the aspect of art, but it was wonderful because art is something that I'm always willing to grow within. And it's kind of comfortable for me um, to 
being comfortable on the basis of art because art is a language like no other that you can experience with anyone from any different, you know, like point in their lives and experiences and, you know, so it was, I think all of it was extremely perfect in the way that it happened. Perfect. So you found yourself facilitating people uh, around that topic is really important to you. And I think this is what unites you and um, Dr. Flagg and this connection between mental well-being, right? And artful expression. Like there's some connection between these two that probably influenced your, your final, you got recognized at your high school at the highest level. And did they have something to do with your end of year project or these conversations about the connection. Most people don't see mental health and art in the same conversation, but you're bringing that full circle. So I'm just curious if you want to say anything about that. And then let's bring Dr. Flay in where you two talk about that uh, awareness that you both share. You want to go for yeah. it first? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I mean, during COVID, um, it was the end of my you know, junior year and the beginning of my senior year. And um, I noticed that a lot of my friends and the people around me, you know, were experiencing a lot of difficulties. And of course, the entire world kind of was in shambles, being that no one was prepared for, you know, COVID. And, um, you know, approaching my um, end of the year project, um, I realized that I really wanted to do something that, you know, was meaningful to me as a person. And, um, perhaps something meaningful to, you know, the individuals in my community. And as an artist, you know, I'm always told by other people like, oh, I can't draw stick figures or, you know, art is so cool, but like, I kind of don't understand it. And um, understanding that, you know, art is sometimes kind of a scary place for a lot of individuals who don't consider themselves artists or, um, you know, who just aren't always uh, introduced to art in a way that, you know, allows them to grow. I wanted to, you know, reach out to those people. I wanted to reach out to students who maybe were struggling with things that they had no control over and, you know, provide them with an outlet that, you know, made sense, you know, during that time. Because in my, like, livelihood, art has been something extremely crucial, you know, to my mental well-being and to my physical well-being as well. Because, you know, the body is part of the mind and they both coincide. And, um, my uh, Seniors Honors Project was Operated Natives, How Art Can Ground Us. And it focused on uh, indigenous people who are born outside of their indigenous communities and who are brought inside and faced with resistance um, when you know trying to learn about their native language, their native practices and so forth, because it's a difficult experience, especially when you know the idea is that you're against your own tribe. And, Knowing that uprooted natives, um, you know, experience a lot of the more um, severe, I guess, um, difficulties, especially during COVID, um, I wanted to kind of share my own experience and um, the ways that art has helped me kind of cope with those things. And um, the, the good thing about COVID is that I was able to access so many more individuals, um, like Ashinaabe people from Canada, um, individuals from entirely different states and time zones. Um, that, you know, shared, you know, these experiences and could give me insights on, you know, like how art has saved them, you know, as well. And actually coming into the writing for wellness sessions, you know, I was trying to explore more ways that I could, like, I guess, 
just experience the way that, you know, art has its healing properties and meeting, you know, a physician who has experience, you know, with working with um, youth and um, also, you know, the, ex the um, experiences of, you know, being an artist and trying to wiggle through life, you know, as um, it rolls its punches was like just super beneficial. And like, I could, you know, splurge so much on how um, Dr. Flake has helped me just learn as a human being about what I can do as well as just, you know, a person and not attached to the identity of, you know, always my age or using those as like restrictions as well. Perfect. Well, obviously you thought the meeting of the two of you was an accident, but actually it was synchronicity, I think, that brought you together. So I think Dr. Flagg, as you hear um, Dealer Jade speak of her experience and your experience, and then how would you like to open up? I know there's this, the audience are going, what? Art, mental and physical well-being? How do those go together? You guys have the magic on that. So I pass the baton to you, Dr. Flagg, take it away. <laughs> First of all, um, I need to just thank Jade Stilo for what you shared. It's, it's more um, to, to you and I particularly, and, and probably to a lot of our listeners out here, um, sharing art is, is really sharing of yourself in a way that when you get up to a lectern and you lead a, a class or a workshop, you're sharing, you know, really of just your intellect, but not of your heart. So I, I um, have been blown away by everything that I've seen creatively from Zillow. And um, it is interesting, right, that you and I are in one way, the formal, like, resume way that we're connected is I'm a medical mentor, and you're a soon to be physician. But he, our really connection is art and artistic expression and writing, um, the, the writing for wellness effort that Zillow was mentioning was really for myself and a lot of the people who then took my invitation to show up a, a way to not get trapped in um, medicine and health careers and health, particularly in, in COVID um, with added stresses and just to sit and take a prompt like gratitude and write for 10 minutes together and then have fun sharing with each other. So um, I think it also reminds us that, um, you know, the, the act of healing ourselves and healing others for those who go into or who are listening and are in health professions is as much artistic and creative and, and full of, you know, bringing our whole self in, not just our medical self, um, as it is the science and the technical um, aspects of it. And I hope, Zilo, you're, by me being in your life, are going to continue to pursue, um, you know, if you, if you come to me and say, man, I'm, I'm really not doing tremendous in, in such and such class, whether it's in undergrad or medical school, I, my first thing really to you will be, how are you doing as a human? How are you doing as an artist, as a creative? And it might seem like completely bad mentorship to do so, but um, my guess is that at that moment, if you're not doing well in the classroom, it might be because you're, you're actually not taking care of yourself. And so the issue isn't the, the grade, the issue is how do I 
connect more to art and writing and the things that keep me well so that I'm able to, um, you know, not, not see um, or not resent, I guess, the pursuit of medicine, which absolutely does take and is going to take a lot of time and energy in, in the upcoming decade for you. What do you think about all that when you hear, hear me just rambling? I think it's extremely important to acknowledge, you know, how, you know, you as a creature and just an entity on this world um, functions, you know, in human society and how, like, things like that, uh, especially, you know, school can be detrimental in some cases to like your mental well-being and, of course, how that collides with your physical well-being and so forth. Um, just being that this is my, I'm pretty much finishing my first quarter um, at UCLA, I have gone through quite a bit of struggles being that, you know, California is completely different than New Mexico. Um, the quarter system is totally different from the semester system. And um, math has always been painful and it continues to be painful. Um, and there was a moment, you know, um, I'm pretty sure in the middle of the quarter where I kind of had to sit myself down and acknowledge, you know, myself as a person just trying to exist um, and trying to be a student as well. And I think, you know, understanding, um, I guess, the greater scope of things, um, you know, helps with performance overall. And I don't know, I think that, um, like, you know, experiencing and speaking with other students, it really needs to be acknowledged, like how, you know, just we exist as creatures. And I appreciate that that's the scope of mind that you, you know, have approached me with all this time. I'm never, you know, stuck with the labels of, you know, my identity, uh, my gender, um, my age. It's never like I have these stickers on my face. It's always like, you know, peeling back the layers and seeing like who I am just, you know, as a human being. And it's what I appreciate the most, you know, in our interactions, because I never feel belittled or um, like I never feel alone in my experiences as well, because you acknowledge that both of us are learning through, you know, this, these interactions. So it's definitely been like, I think the best thing of um, meeting you so far, because Many adults, unfortunately, do not approach um, young individuals like that, especially in, you know, the academic system and in systems where, you know, youth really need a space to, like, just be safe and to be making mistakes. And um, I don't know. I just I, I appreciate that so much. Jade, I, I want to hear your thought on, on something and we're just gonna be creatives here. Um, I think adults are afraid at what they would see in kind of a reflection in a mirror if they did open their heart truly to see young people as their teachers. I think that are afraid to see, for instance, how, how hard it has become for them to just simply play in the sand or play in the dirt or enjoy life without technology or experience true elation at just the taste of a certain food. And that if they listened to young people like you and truly saw their children from very small ages to young adults that clearly have a developing and, and 
beautiful intellect and and you know what someone like you brings to the table that they they might not be ready to to see what what young people are really there to teach them and so the easiest way in that the easiest defense mechanism when any of us are faced with that scenario is to convince ourselves not to listen or not to learn from oh wait 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 that's that's not that's not right she's my she's my child or she's my student she's my mentee so i'm the 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 only exchange here is me telling them what to do but really it's a defense mechanism because um you're afraid if you did put them in a position of i'm listening to you now teach me teach me zila what i as your college professor at ucla need to know about myself um that i don't actually i'm not ready for that to happen so i'm gonna make sure i stand at the lectern at the front and don't get to know my students as people just as grades on a ledger um what do you think about that I think it's definitely the biggest issue that prevents um, youth from approaching, you know, adults from an aspect of, you know, like, hey, like, you're really cool. Um, I would like to collaborate on a project with you or, um, you know, other meaningful instances that allows both individuals to grow. Um, I do agree that the facts um, that many adults are, you know, kind of afraid of the lack of authority uh, when speaking to youth. Um, of course, it's it's present, I think, in all instances where youth and um, adults interact. And unfortunately, that kind of hinders the, I guess, greater ability of, you know, learning on both ends. And, well, you know, I guess now that, um, I guess I, hmm, <laughs> I don't really think that um, any individual on any, you know, authoritative aspect has any you know, like an adult to me is not more important than like a peer of mine or, you know, vice versa. Like we're all just people trying to do stuff. Um, and with that understanding, you know, I guess, I'm not sure how I would phrase it, but like, I guess it's scary on both ends because usually, you know, as a youth um, and, you know, in my experience, like um, interacting with Dr. Flag, um, it's kind of scary to be put on the spot and um, to lead when you kind of feel like you have no idea what you're speaking on or, um, you know, you already have like prior, um, I guess, ideas that like, as I mentioned in my art piece, so like I thought I couldn't do anything um, in the writing for a lot of sessions. In the beginning, I thought that, you know, I was just a kid and, you know, a kid leading adults was like an impossible thing to do and a very wrong thing to do as well. And I think when we break these borders, you know, we have more important, I don't know, just fruits that comes from it. Um, working in NHI, working with other youth um, who have similar, you know, initiatives um, has made me understand, you know, the importance of just humanity as, you know, a collective like creature almost. Um, learning in science has made me like, kind of acknowledge the way like other species interact with one another and I don't know I think it's I think it's sometimes really sad when um, adults and youth kind of separate themselves because of I guess prior I don't know prior ideas or prior fears that aren't acknowledged because you know it's afraid or it's um, scary for an adult to 
you know, step down from that and allow, you know, also scared youth to take the step up and to do things. And while, I don't know, I would encourage any adults listening at this point to please interact with your youth because youth are always, you know, dying to just experience more and learn more from the adults around them. And the fact is that, you know, speaking as a youth, like, we like kind of idolize the adults around us, regardless of kind of how you treat us um, anyways, because, you know, adults, I feel like are really cool. Like they do a lot of things that, you know, me as, or us as youth kind of have no idea of like what to do or how to do. And the learning experience of, you know, especially now transitioning from, you know, like a younger person to a more older, but still, you know, younger person, um, it's 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 more i think beneficial when adults can acknowledge just us as human beings as well i have a question that's a question that might something that um dr anthony was saying about play it's like um i always say it's never too late to have your first childhood (laughs) i think adults have forgotten how to play and that's one of the first places where youth um can lead you know and getting us back in touch with that playful nature without technology. I'm just curious, how do you teach adults to play? How do we play? How do we teach adults to play in the sand again? Yeah. I find ways to, to do that and I'll even use that and I'll say, guys, we're, we're about to play in the sand and that analogy, even on a very subconscious level, um, hits them somewhere. If they, even if they immediately try to block it, wait, 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 wait no, no, I, I can't. I don't play. I'm an adult. I'm a, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, as as Zila was talking, I was thinking, she's imploring us adults to connect with youth, and and my immediate thought as she's saying that is, yes, yeah, start right here. There's still a young person. There's still that, that energy of, for instance, the, the moments in your life where you felt you could do anything, you could be anything, you still have that. You've maybe covered it over, um, again, more out of self-defense and, and being scared of what those dreams and visions tell you. Um, maybe they're trying to tell you desperately to leave a job or a relationship and you've just gotten to a place where change is, is really hard. Um, but Zila, we're gonna write a we're gonna write a, a children's book and it's gonna be called Youth Are to Be Heard and Seen. And we're gonna just rewrite the whole idea that youth are to be seen, not heard, you know, like be quiet over there. When you get when you get older, you can talk. And it's such a toxic um, kind of idea that really does permeate. Um, and, and it's 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 hidden and disguised in, for instance, well what we really just mean is we want young people to respect their elders. Well, young people will respect people who respect them is what I find. I don't find that by using a deep voice and a commanding presence and an authoritarian tone that people of any age respect me. I feel that showing them respect, whether they're a patient I'm taking care of today in the hospital who is unsheltered um, to a young person who's 13 who says, Dr. Flagg, I have an idea for how I want to improve my, my school. Um, if I show you respect, you're, you're going to show me respect. And the respect I want is 
a human to human. I don't need you to bow at my knees and, and, you know, shine my shoes. I want, I want, that's kind of a fearful respect. I want a respect that is okay. This person um, is just Anthony. He's not even a doctor and he, he sees something in me. I'm immediately going to, I can let my guard down. I don't have to worry that does he see me given my, my age being really young. So I think it's on, it's on us to earn, earn that respect by simply showing young people that we see them. We see you're not invisible. That's perfect. I think in so many ways, when you created the writing for wellness group, was that where you originally met? And I'm just curious, it doesn't really matter what age when people are writing from wellness and where do those ideas come from? And when they're shared, is there some recognition that we're really not separate? We're more united and regardless of like what you were saying, Jade, about gender or age or, you know, the things that normally would separate people. And you create a listening space for that heart, as Anthony was pointing to his heart. It says learning to play is touch into your heart and then allow your imagination to take you back to when you thought you could do anything. And that's what youth represent is hope for a positive future. So I'm just curious, was that, have you found that Dr. Flagg um, and also Zillo is that when people are in that space of expression, however it shows up, they get more in touch with their heart? I want to, I want to let Jay, I want to hear, I want to learn from what she's going to tell us that. And then if I, if I feel like I have anything to add, I'll add it to it. I mean, as I've mentioned before, art is definitely like a language that you can like just experience with others without, you know, boundaries um, that might normally ha um, prevent us from, you know, sharing space. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting because, um, you know, as somebody giving um, others prompts, um, you know, I have my own idea of, you know, like how I'd respond to that prompt and, you know, I create my own pieces from, you know, like a, let's say like a collection of words and, you know, coming at the end of the sessions and holding space with everyone and hearing what's being shared is always just so amazing because it, you know, it's so different from what you previously thought, you know, even if your prompt is like, imagine like an apple, you know, you think people imagine like, oh, shiny red apple, but you know, other individuals, you know, imagine green apples or er everything like different from your brain. And it's, also interesting because you see you see the trueness within art. There is no um, there's like a stark vulnerability when it comes to creating something, and I think that's also another reason why art can be you know so scary to step into, especially without any you know prompting um, by you know outside factors. And when I don't know when I lead. Um, projects like um, the Writing for Wellness or um, when I interacted with individuals on my Seniors Honors Project, um, you hear so much from individuals who might not, you know, outwardly express all of these ideas and amazing just like universes within their minds. And I, I don't really think that you can label, you know, an age onto um, like an art piece. Definitely, um, you know, 
an individual's experiences, um, you know, perhaps through their age can affect, you know, the pieces that they make, but always it's, it's really, it's really the core self of that person, regardless of, you know, whatever identities that found them. And I think, I think that's why I'm so passionate about art because it's, it's just such a sincere experience. Um, especially when shared with individuals who you may not know or people who, you know, you might have prior assumptions of that, you know, end up surprising you perhaps, or even surprising yourself. In a lot of the writing for wellness sessions, um, when I closed, you know, my computer and I was able to kind of simmer on all everything that everyone shared, like, it surprised me as well, like what I could create from the interactions that I had, even through a Zoom screen as well, so. I just, yeah. I love it. I love art. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, I was curious, Dr. Anthony, that you wanted to perhaps share um, something as we're coming to the close of this session. Is there uh, an artful piece you'd like to share or feedback uh, in the moment? Modeling in this moment, <laughs> what is it that you'd like to bring forward? Absolutely. Well, First of all, thank you, Professor Jade, and, and thank you to our, our wonderful host who's kind of facilitated this conversation. Renee, we, we do want to just tell you we, we appreciate you creating this space. Um, art is, is the liberation from the identities that enslave us, is, is kind of like my corollary, Zelo, to what you were just saying. And so actually by that, the more we get titles and degrees and think we're important, the more we're actually enslaved into wearing that jacket and not being able to rip it off and say, I just want to play in the sand. I just want to <laughs> dig my hands into the, into the dirt and be a kid. But no, 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 I'm an executive. I'm a CEO. I'm a physician. I'm a whoever, whatever. They enslave us just like money, just like um, material possessions. So um, I, I will also say to our listeners that I knew that Jade was someone special when I found out. And as she mentioned, we, we knew each other as Zoom squares. And <laughs> I, I knew that, wow, you know, she's, she, had, she believed in herself enough to show up to this thing that somehow she heard about that's um, university folks. And I didn't need to, inter I didn't need to interrogate her. And Jade, send me, send me a CV and your grades and your transcript. <laughs> and so I want to really impress that, that again, the way that, that my, um, my, my way of, of empowering young people and, and really creating space for them is simply to say, Jay, I, I believe in you just because you showed up. Um, I, want, I also, though, very, very carefully make sure that I set young people up for success. So it would not be fair to say, go out on the stage, whether it's virtual or a real stage, and Zelo perform for the people. Like, I, it's my job as an as an ally and a true mentor, um, brother, friend, uncle, whatever the, the kind of analogy to make sure that when Zila steps onto that stage and when she leads a writing prompt and when she presents at a health conference, that she's gonna be successful. And I do that in, in ways that are not in any way censoring. Um, it's still ultimately Zila's voice that I want to come out, but you know, I just wanna maybe remind her of who her audience is or how much time we have. Or, so, you know, providing young people are, are, are much more intelligent at filling in all the things we don't say. We, we feel like we have to give them this, 
kind of, mm-hmm. you know, very strict algorithm that immediately stomps out their creativity, makes us adults feel good because, oh, good, there's less chance for anything to go wrong here. But yeah, in, in the process, you've, you've implied very directly that you don't believe in this young person to fill in the blanks for themselves and maybe taken in a direction that, um, as, as Zila was saying, when you lead something like a writing prompt, people are going to take it in any direction they want. And that's, that's part of the, the beauty. So um, Zila, I have a piece I'm going to gift to you. And I also want to just share that there's an award just this week that Zilo um, earned that I specifically did not mention to our host. Um, so I'm going to present it virtually to the world. It's not been announced yet, but Zilo is the winner also of the highest honor that our nonprofit gives. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, in her intro, you mentioned the highest honor of a Santa Fe Indian School student. Our nonprofit, the Native Health Initiative, is funded and grounded in love. Love is our, our reason for what we do. It's how we choose to address injustices. Um, and Zelo has won, um, is one of our 2021 winners of the NHI Loving Service Award given to people who most embody that idea and ideal of, of what it means just thinking of the two words, love and service, um, what that means to each of our listeners is something unique and beautiful and doesn't need to be a you know written definition, shouldn't be confined to such things. So Zelo, um, really excited to kind of present in front of um, Ms. Poindexter and the audience here, the 2021 Loving Service Award to you. I'll, I'll pretend I'm handing you a piece of paper. Um, and with that, I'm going to read a piece that is called Drift. This is a short poem. Trail turned to snowy, drift I did, into a world not virtual, into a space immaculate, into myself. Drift today into your own not virtual, immaculate space. Dare to unplug from all the noise, sounds that silence the lullaby, the trail of life is wafting your way. Drift far away to dreams and ancestors and all that fills your cup. Drift to yourself. Wow. That's awesome, beautiful. Zelo Jade, your response. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm, um, I could just, I'm speechless at this point. Um, working with NHI and you, Dr. Flake, has always been a pleasure. And I'm so excited um, to see what we can do in the future. And um, as well as, you know, this new partnership, um, Dr. Flake and Renee, I hope that we can work, you know, to greater things and see how, you know, life guides us. So I'm so honored to be here presence by you both and just I'm just very grateful so thank you so much well thank you Zilo Jade you are a shining light for our positive future and I just want to thank you both Zilo Jade and Dr. Anthony Flagg for being my guest today I have so jam-packed I got two pages of notes <laughs> and I can't wait to um, have other people give feedback on this session I'm wondering Dr. Flagg Dr. Anthony um, 
thank you so much for who you are being. Uh, it resonates, you know, when I wrote the book, uh, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World. I didn't know you then, but this wonderful being, this wonderful bright light, Zelo Jade, has brought me to you. And I'm grateful, so grateful to meet you. So there are others like us out there, and we hope to bring them together. I'm wondering, um, Dr. Anthony, what is anything inspired or enlightened you today that you that was a gift that you weren't expecting that you would like to share? I think it gave me a chance to listen to Zelo with a little different part of my heart. I try not to listen with these things. These things up here are okay. They just they just channel the energy to the real place to listen, which is for those non-medical people located in the left side of our chest, um, but spiritually and energetically through us. So just just the opportunity to to listen to really Zelo, the academic, Zelo, the college student, um, in in a place that allowed us to slow down and not have anything else kind of um, grabbing for our attention for a little bit. And I say that in the midst of a really busy, overcrowded pandemic hospital um, that I'm sitting in right now. That was a gift and maybe something when I sat down and said, gosh, how, how much time do I have here? Who, who is gonna bug me while I'm trying to hide away here in the hospital to, to do this interview? Um, I should have just trusted that life would take care of things if I could just yeah, that's perfect. So. Thank you so much. How about you, Zila Jade? What, what's inspired you today? I'm so, there's so much I'm sure I can feel it all along, but any words that you would like to share as we leave this session, uh, you feel more empowered, more enlightened, more inspired than you were when you showed up today? I mean, I'm always excited um, when I enter a conversation with Dr. Flay, um, as well as you. and. Um, just being that it's um, nearing the holidays and um, I will be going back to New Mexico for the first time in like four months. Um, I definitely do feel more inspired to create more and, you know, set a little break um, for my mind as well, being that college has been a little bit difficult. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm just, I'm just excited to see what I can do, especially in the context of NHI and living the potential and now that um, I think I've ironed out the bumps of college, um, I'm just I'm just so excited to like see what I can do uh, for this future. Because I mean, I feel like I feel like things you know things are things are nice. That's right, exactly. The road rises to meet you, my dear. <laughs> so I just want to say, for me, I learned so much about there are other people out there that appreciate what you have to teach us and that whole idea of what's holding people back from understanding that. I think Dr. Flagg, you really gave a good understanding of why people aren't ready to hear. It breaks their way of seeing the world. <clears throat> and right now we have a great opportunity with this pandemic to become more, to slow down, to be more present, to access that our own inner child and come out to play. Um, I also really learned the aspects of what it takes to be a reciprocal mentor, Dr. Flagg, and how you, how you hold space, you believe, you show, you respect. And, um, you know, the poems that you both read is 
it's so inspiring to me. I'm a former English teacher and a writer and poetry is really um, a beautiful way to have the heart and soul fully expressed. So I learned all that today. And um, for our listeners, I wanna thank you for tuning in. I don't know what you're taking away from this, but I'm thinking you're gonna want to listen to this again and share it with your friends. It's a great way to celebrate 2022 and create a whole new world where youth have more of an opportunity to be heard and seen (laughs) and where doctors can actually hold space for healing for people above and beyond the patient consumer, you know, spaces that we've been in. So living the potential is here to break down those barriers. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me today and have a great rest of your week. Thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed our talk as much as I did and will join us for the next Bridging the Potential podcast. Please subscribe to have us on your podcast feed and feel free to share it with your friends. If you're interested in what we are doing here at Living the Potential Network, please visit our website at www.livingthepotential.com and check out the first two chapters of Renee Best's book named Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World. Till next time, bye-bye.